mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Candace and Kayla, and we are directionally challenged. Yeah, we totally thought we would have all this figured out by the time we were in our 30s. And surprise, we don't. We don't, but that's okay. <laughs> Because we're figuring it out together. <laughs> Kayla, how are you today on day 60, May 11th, 2020, day 60 of quarantine? How are you feeling? How are you vibing? You know, I'm I'm doing okay. I feel like, you know, any day we do this podcast is a good productive day. And not every day in quarantine feels that way. So I'm always really grateful when you, Mel, and I are um, creating another podcast episode. I was really excited for today's in particular because I'm a huge fan of our guest. And, um, you know, so I feel like today's a good day, but not every day is. That's well, the honest truth. It's hard to focus on what you're saying right now because of your gorgeous mane of hair. I really don't understand because everyone else is complaining about how they don't get to see their hairstylist and they've just got this messy mop on their head. And you're just coming out here looking like Giselle Bunchkin with those like okay. yummy caramelized waves. And so I just got to say you are rocking in. So I think First today off. should be a great day. For you. Don't the fact that you compared me to Giselle is insane. That just means you're a really good friend. So thanks. It's I'll take it, especially during quarantine. But it's only because to I only really do my hair once a week while we record this. Okay. So I was able to like take an mm -hmm. iron to my hair today and I went, uh -huh. oh, okay, not too bad. Not yeah. too bad. But I am doing the Drew Barrymore where I've got like you know, the dark, really dark hair at the top. And then it's just lighter at the bottom, but just, I'm owning it. I'm, I mean, and you're working it. it. It looks fabulous. Everyone, please go to Instagram and look at Kayla Yule's hair because it's oh, just, stop it. please oh do that today. If you need like something to brighten your day. Um, if you need something else to brighten your day, we have Veronica Roth on our podcast. Veronica is, uh, 
We have I have our- a spiel about her. I guess I should just do just it. I mean, to- yeah. <laughs> she has ha- had over 42 million books sold worldwide, which is insane. She's a number one New York Times bestselling author of the Divergent series, the Carve Your Mark series, and her new debut adult fantasy book, Chosen Ones, is out now. I'm reading it. I'm a huge fan. It's been such a fun quarantine escape. Um, This book was voted the best book of April by Time Magazine, Entertainment Weekly, USA Today, Fortune, Marie Claire, Huffington Post, Apple Books, and so many more. Um, She's just kind of this amazing author who's had such great success at such a young age. I'm so excited to hear what she's been doing during quarantine, because in my mind, I feel (laughs) like all authors and like writers are just sitting there like with a with like a keyboard in front of them and a cup of coffee and just like you know this is like their moment to shine um but even though that's what i think everyone i know who's like a songwriter or other writers are having really a big uh, like a hard time being creative right now um you're someone who usually journals have you been journaling or writing or meditating you love to meditate did not know. I haven't. I haven't been journaling. I haven't been meditating. Everything seems more difficult right now. That's for sure. So I, yeah, I, I think people are having polarizing experiences. Some are finding this as a, a moment to shine and really creative and others are, you know, finding it a triumph that they made dinner and were able to do the dishes. So I feel maybe I'm in the latter, um, I, I, it's just been difficult. How how about you? Have you found any bit of creativity in this, Candace? It's so sporadic. I like I'll have a moment mm. where I sit down and but I really have to force myself to sit down and just write it out. I I feel so much better. I notice that mm. if I set a five minute timer and just grab a pen and paper and just free write for five minutes, I feel like a weight off of my shoulders immediately after. I think. It's just hard when, you know, usually during the day you would have moments to yourself. And I think with everyone in the house, especially like I'm just more geared towards always wanting to be checking in to make sure if everyone's okay. And, you know, thinking that I should be prioritizing my time with like busy stuff, like focusing on the dishes and focusing on the things that Mm -hmm. need to get done, as opposed to just saying it's okay to like do something that isn't, you know, gonna it it's not necessarily considered productive but is actually emotionally productive um I should I should take your advice then because that's not something I've been doing and it'll probably really help I don't know I mean we can try I I mean I need to take that advice too I'm just gonna keep listening to this part of our conversation over and over (laughs) and see if it can sink in Speaking of conversations, we have such a great one with Veronica Roth. Um, I, we're so excited for you guys to hear it. Um, without further ado, here we are. Thank you, Veronica Roth, for joining us today. We are so excited to be talking to you. And yes, Kayla was just talking about how she has been reading Chosen Ones and loving it. It's the best quarantine book. I am so thrilled. <laughs> I, uh, I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> it's been a very strange time to have a book come I'm out. I'm sure because right now but... it's usually like book tours and talks and yeah. guest speaking, I would assume. This, like, yeah, I, okay. I had a 15 city tour planned and then obviously that didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we had to figure out kind of a new way to approach it, which was a challenge, but what is that new way that are you doing upon a bunch of interviews on zoom and that kind of thing just from the comfort yeah. of your home? <laughs> well, I sort of like ran author conversations and then I streamed them on Twitch <laughs> because that was the best like open platform that people don't have to sign up in order to watch. And so the events, instead of being very kind of local based turned into like anyone could attend, even people in places that I would never have the opportunity to travel to. So it was uh, sad not to be in person, but there were good parts about it. Yeah. It's a bizarre time of not being able to be with people. But at the same time, I feel like exactly what you just said, people are starting to say like, oh my gosh, I'm actually hanging out more with family I never see on Zoom. And I'm able to talk to these people and have meetings with people I've never been able to sit down with because they live across the world or the country. 
because we're all just making the time to have these video calls. It's really bizarre way to connect, but I guess we're all connecting. I know. I think I'm in touch with my sister more than I have been in the past, (laughs) even though we live in the same city. (laughs) That definitely happens. Well, we want to take it back to a much simpler form of communicating, just like the classic form of storytelling. You're an incredible writer. You've had this wonderful career, but we want to talk about when you first started writing, did you always want to be a writer? Were you that like young kid in school writing stories constantly and reading under your covers every night? Yeah. So, I mean, it was like at a pathological level, this reading thing for me. (laughs) So my mom, my mom had to make up. She, she told me that if I read at the breakfast table, I would develop like stomach problems. <laughs> really, it was just that she was like, this is the only time I get to see your face. <laughs> so if you could please. Um, so, and I read, I like took the book in the shower and held it out of the spray. Like I was inseparable oh. with books, um, which ruined a lot of books, frankly. Uh, <laughs> but I started writing, I think when I was about 11 years old, um, I'm not sure why, uh, I think my mom had always bought us a bunch of kits. Like she wouldn't allow us to be bored. That wasn't, I mean, you just couldn't say that in my house. Um, And one of them was like a bookmaking kit. So you had to fill in the pages and then you could send them off to be bound. And I never finished or anything, but I I think it it occurred to me at that time, like, oh, I could fill this book with something. Um, And that's kind of where I got started. That's fascinating. Go mom. I know. That's amazing. She's kind of a star. (laughs) Um, She is kind of a star. I I do think it's really wonderful to kind of just know at such a young age what you're meant to do. I mean, clearly you had such success at such a young age. You were not even graduated from Northwestern and you've sold your first book. Now, what was that experience like? Well, it was pretty wild because I was kind of panicking. I hadn't Um, I'd been looking for a job and I wanted to work in publishing and I was, uh, I had some experience as a copy editor, so I knew how to fix grammar and punctuation, but, um, so that was my plan, you know, and then I, on the side was doing this thing that I thought really wouldn't work. You know, I was like, might as well get started on this, like endless stream of rejections that I'm probably going to (laughs) get. And, um, and that's not what happened. So, (laughs) so it was really great from one perspective. I mean, it was great from all perspectives, but especially because then I suddenly had a job um, Mm. and didn't have to really worry about what was going to come next in the way that I had been. Um, And I mean, it was just wild. I, you know, you hear these stories about people writing 10 books and they all get rejected before they ever get published. And I was ready for that journey. I was prepared for it. And then that's Divergent. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you wrote this book during a winter break. I I think I read in multiple places. I mean, had you been conditioned to be writing that much that quickly? Were you always writing then? Like once you started writing around that 11, 12 year old age, were you writing constantly through high school or did you find your voice a little bit later? Um, no, I, I wrote almost like obsessively. Uh, when I was younger, I, I think I used it as a way to kind of uh, distance myself from my own anxiety because I have an anxiety disorder and I definitely didn't know that until I was an adult. So now when I look back, I'm like, well, this was a great and productive use of your time, but it was also like a way of not dealing with the things that you were feeling. So I wrote like, you know, every day and then uh, until college when I started to kind of branch out and make more friends and be a little more social. And then, you know, I think I found more of a balance with it. Um, But I wasn't writing for this project for school. I was just writing it for fun because in school I wrote um, adult literary fiction, which is what they, you know, train you to write in school, Mm. um, which is fine, but not what I was interested in doing for my career. And, um, you know, so for fun on the side, I was writing like young adult (laughs) sci-fi as one does (laughs) did you feel like you had the divergent story floating around within your head for a few years before it came out or did you feel like it was just you know suddenly you had the story or how did you come up with the concept and go through that whole process 
Well, it's weird because most of the time I don't have like a real concrete origin story for my books, but this <laughs> one I did. So I was in a psychology class, just an intro psych class, and I was learning about exposure therapy, which is a method of treating anxiety or phobias in which you're, you repeatedly encounter whatever stimulus provokes your anxious or fear response, um, but you do it in a safe environment and then you over time become desensitized to that thing. And I thought, I mean, that sounds like torture, but it's super effective, <laughs> which is totally bananas. So um, I just thought it'd be interesting to try to use that in a kind, kind of science fiction or fantasy context. And that's where um, Divergent came from, because that's like the, one of the factions. They use that method to overcome your basic run-of-the-mill fear. Um, and... I mean, that's just, just where it, yeah, that's where it started. Just such a uh, concrete moment. But it took me four years to write it. Um, so I got the idea. I wrote a couple scenes and then I just like had, I was in college. So I was just like, whatever. And four years later, I picked it up again. I love wow. that you're in college and like, you're like having to obviously write something that wasn't your passion, but you're like secretly digging into the sci-fi world. Had you been reading sci-fi a lot or was this kind of like a newfound genre? Cause I feel like people that oh, write sci-fi are like obsessed with sci-fi. My favorite is I, I'm not I a writer, but I took a writing class um, for fun. And it was just a basic creative writing class. And there was like an older gentleman at the community college who wrote like loved sci-fi, like day one only talked about sci-fi. And he wrote this like whole story and named the main character, John Mayer. And so it's like John Mayer in space, like fighting oh. these galactic things. And I remember everyone finally at the end was like, hey, great job. But like, it's just interesting that you have John Mayer is like your protagonist. And he's like, it's just the name of a character. And we're like, no, no, no. John Mayer is like a musician who sings songs like your body is a wonderland. And I don't, he had no idea. No idea. That's no so idea. Oh, wow. So you were reading his story and obviously imagining John Musician Mayer. John Mayer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but were you wow. like a big sci-fi uh, reader as well? Yeah. So I I had read it. Um, I read everything when I was a kid, but I especially gravitated toward science fiction and fantasy. And a part of that came from my dad. He was always into, I mean, he had us listen to the whole Lord of the Rings series while on a road trip to Pennsylvania when I was a child. So like, I mean... Your uh, dad sounds awesome. <laughs> he sounds well, so cool. He did. Uh, he did introduce me to a lot of pivotal things. Yes, but um, but yeah. So I I think I gravitated to it for that reason, and then also like um, I was eleven when Harry Potter came to the states. Mm -hmm. I think so. That was like the perfect time. You know, there were a lot of like very significant like. I don't know, sci-fi fantasy media properties. Like the Lord of the Rings movies were also coming out at that time. So I think it was just the perfect storm. <laughs> were they saying at school, like, this is a great genre and this is like a great area to write in? Or were they anti um, like sci-fi or YA or anything like that? I think it's like the whole labeling something YA to me is really interesting too, because I feel like those are actually the books that sell insane amounts. People want to make them into movies. Like adults and like the youth love them. It's interesting that they just immediately get labeled because it's just younger characters, right? Is that what usually leads to Yeah, that? there's there's a lot of adult fiction that's about younger characters that isn't labeled YA. And um, partly there's that's related to the gender of the author. Um, like a book uh -huh. is more, more likely to be called a niche if a woman writes it or a woman or, you know, a non-binary person, anything like that. So it's like, you're, you must only be writing for, <laughs> for these people. Right. Gotcha. Um, so that's, a, that's a thing, but then there's also this kind of, um, like a YA book looks at adolescence as if the character is moving forward through it. Um, an adult book about a young character will kind of reflect back on adolescence. So that's like, the nice way that these things get categorized. And then there's kind of like the other side of it, which isn't as great. Um, yeah. Wow. I've never heard it explained that way. 
And you've just like so clearly now compartmentalized it for us. Well, I think about it a lot, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And so now Chosen Ones is is not considered YA. It is adult. So what did, was there anything specific you felt like you had to do to differentiate it from your other novels? Um, I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself to make it that different because I don't know. Um, I find those distinctions to be like useful up to a point when they suddenly stop being useful. So I just tried to approach it like I approach everything else. But I knew that on a conceptual level, it was different because, I mean, the characters are older, but also, I don't know, um, they're not coming of age, right? Mm -hmm. They've already reached this goal they've been working toward their entire life, which I think everyone kind of knows about because either, you know, if you went to college or if you went out on your own or you know, start a family, like those are things that you dream about your whole life. Like finally, when I get to that point, I will have arrived. Right. And then, um, in chosen ones, that's like just an extreme because they saved the world, right. They trained their whole Mm -hmm. lives to save the world and they saved Mm -hmm. the world. And what do you do after that? Like I, I'm trying to answer that question in my own life. Um, and my characters are trying to answer it, but like in a really extreme way in this book. It's so interesting you bring that up because that's what we were discussing before this is, is you definitely experience that. I mean, like you said, so many people prepare for like 10 rejection letters for 10, you know, whatever, all these different books and you send your first book out and then you have this huge success. What is the aftermath like afterwards trying to, you know, then go on to your next endeavor, your next book, your next everything. Do you feel pressure? What's that? experience like yeah well it's it's tricky right because um you know it's not like it it was a great and fantastic thing but I hope that I get to move past it you know as Mm -hmm. a someone who makes things (laughs) um yeah that that would be good because I want to have a long career but it's it's really hard to separate yourself without rejecting the thing that you did so like I love Divergent I think it's really fun and I'm glad that I wrote it and I'm very grateful for all the things that happened as a result of it. But, um, but I do like have to keep writing new things now. So Uh it's interesting in your twenties, I feel like, cause a majority of this happened in your twenties, right? The entirety of the divergent series creation, the film, the everything. And how much of your life gets imprinted on you as if it's like your identity in your twenties. And then all of a sudden I feel like you hit your thirties and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not just that. I'm, I'm growing and I'm, 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 I'm evolving. And it's kind of like shedding this old skin. At least that's what it's been like for me and something I didn't really anticipate. Do you feel like that was something happening for you towards the like direction of wanting to write more adult stories or do you just think that was a natural progression? Yeah, I think I I wanted to expand. And I wanted to, like, I wasn't trying to, I don't know. Like, I, I like writing for young adults. I already miss doing school visits and stuff. Like, I I don't know. Teenagers are very special and uh, intense. <laughs> um, and I, I really like them. I feel, like, a special softness in my heart toward mm-hmm. them, even when they're, like, insulting me to my face. <laughs> which happens all the time. Um, It's never on purpose. Like there's no guile there. Um, But anyway, so I already missed them, but I did want to just explore what I'd be capable of kind of beyond that. And, um, and then I had this, you know, really pressing idea. So I just couldn't, I thought of it. And I think I looked it up because I had emailed my agent about it um, when it came up with it. And it was like 2017, which, I guess isn't that long for a book, but for me, it felt like I was stewing on it forever. So <laughs> it's interesting because uh, there are a lot of parallels between what you are describing in your career, and I think what Candace and I discuss uh, between each other as well yeah. is you know the show that we were both on, The Vampire Diaries, was really huge, and it was when we were mainly in our twenties, and then the show ends, and then now what? You feel a little bit like, oh, I have to find my identity, um, p- you know, g- moving forward, but also you don't want to forget the past and what's created you, and so just hearing you say that, I went, oh wow, we're all kind of going through this uh, simultaneously in different ways. And I do think it has to do with our age as well. And that's what we discuss on 
this podcast all the time is you're in your thirties and you think you're going to have it all figured out and you just don't. And that's okay. And we're finally at the point in our lives where we're allowing ourselves to let it be okay that we don't have it all figured out, you know? Um, Yeah. And I think, uh, I don't know. I I thought about this before, before our zoom call began, Um, (laughs) because, because if you have something that's really successful, like that's, it's awesome, right? Like uh, it's the dream. It's like what you're working toward, but then um, it carries with it a whole different set of challenges, which is that you want to define yourself as, you know, being capable of doing something other than that. And um, it's hard to do that without explicitly rejecting what established you, you know? Um, Yeah. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good. Because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix. My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. 
with so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. back are there were there times I mean just looking back that you went through those kind of you obviously had to learn very quickly I mean by the time Mm -hmm. you were writing these books you were already on a film set of one of the books and you're finishing the (laughs) other and you know you're young did you feel pressure from a lot of people around you to then shift your creative thought of how something was supposed to be like are there lessons that you learned during that time that's really affected how you write today um yeah I think I mean the main thing was that I I feel like we're all just in panic mode all the time um (laughs) me and my editor and my publisher and my agent everyone I mean we just um in book publishing like that something gets adapted is kind of a rarity and was especially at that time and especially with younger audience works for younger audiences. So, um, you know, like Harry Potter and Twilight and I don't think the Hunger Games had even been adapted by the time I sold rights to Divergent. So it was just like, those were the only examples we had. And um, so it was kind of wild. No one knew what to do. No one had any sense of strategy. It was just like, let's cope with like what's happening in this moment at this time. Um, and so I think it's hard to look back because it's like, well, there's a, cu- a couple things I wish I'd done differently or thought about, but I also know that we did, everyone did the best they could with a very strange situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I think I learned that um, it's important to slow down and look around. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd done that a little bit more because mm-hmm. I mean, I had never, uh, so I'd never met like a famous person in my whole life. And then, and then I was on the set of Divergent watching Jai Courtney do bicep curls. And I was just like, what's happening right now? Um, so really, I should have like paid more attention to what was going on around me. Um, I tried, but you know, there's only so much you can do. Um, and then literally, I, I feel so bad for him. He's, he's such a nice man, but he, the when I met him, he was literally like pumping iron. No. <laughs> like it's like what everyone dreams about, or what you only write about in your novels. <laughs> it's like, doesn't I know. happen in real life. <laughs> no, and then I almost like peed my pants when I met Kate Winslet, but that's like oh. a whole different story. Gosh, well, but I would like to hear that. Dream. Can I? Can we please hear that? Because I I feel like already closer to her just talking to you on this Zoom call, and that is the dream. <sighs> What a time. So uh, I will tell you about it if you want to hear. Yes, (laughs) I do want to hear. So um, she like she was on the set and I was like keeping my distance because, you know, I didn't want to like intrude. So I'm sitting in like my little director's chair with my little like earphones on. And then she comes over with her kids to say hello. And she was like, my son has a question for you. I'm not going to do the accent. but (laughs) Anyway, Uh, and then. he was like, why did you have my mom die in the second book? <laughs> and I was like, well, I didn't know that uh, she would be played by your mom <laughs> when I killed the character. And he was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, so I played it. I played it real cool. And then I went and sat down and I literally laughed hysterically for like two minutes with my Aww. husband because I was just like, that's Kate Winslet. That was yeah. Kate Winslet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. That just gave me goosebumps. Gosh. Did you, I mean going from like road trips with your dad playing Lord of the Rings. And then all of a sudden you're there with Kate Winslet and a movie about like that you wrote that came from you and your heart and your brain and your fingers. Like I, was there a moment that just smacked you in the head being like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is like, I'm a writer of this capacity. I don't, I don't know how to. Yeah. So I think the weirdest moment was, um, they shot the first movie in Chicago, which is great because I live here. Um, and I went to where they were building, they were building uh, trains, like, because that's 
you know, one of the sets of the movie was a big train. And they built them to look exactly like our L trains here. So it was like stepping inside a perfect replica of those trains. And um, I met one of the guys, like the big, beefy, like burly men who was working on this train. And he was like, oh, are you the author? And, you know, we talked a little bit. And I think that was the weirdest moment because it was like, this man is like an extremely capable, like salt of the earth man, man <laughs> who builds this thing. <laughs> and, um, and he, and he did it because I wrote it into this book and it was just so weird, like beyond any other experience. That was it. Cause I was just like, this person is like incredibly capable, like, and competent. And like, he's doing this because I was like, this will be fun. Like, I I don't know. So weird. It sounds yeah. like it was one of the first moments where it came, it was from from page to reality, something tangible you could like see and that you created. That's yeah. gotta be fantastic. Um, I know, I know that this Chosen Ones takes place in Chicago, Divergent series takes place in Chicago. How much of your characters, when I was reading the book, having not met you yet, I was wondering how much of your characters are influenced by people in your life or yourself. Do you just create them or are they influenced by loved ones? How does that process work? Well, I found that I can't base a character on someone I know because inevitably there's this pressure to kind of capture them and you can't huh. like the, that pressure is too intense. So um, instead, what I do is I try to figure out uh, one thing about them, like what do they want most? Or in the case of Chosen Ones, uh, there's kind of I mean, there one main character is Sloane, but there are five of them that yeah. saved the world. So um, I thought about, actually, I just decided how each of them would relate to their worldwide fame. Um, so Sloane is like resentful of it. And <laughs> her boyfriend, Matt, is um, he kind of takes it on as a responsibility. Like, I have to do something with my platform. Um and Esther has like started a lifestyle brand. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, those yeah. are like, and I, I thought those details really define them in, in a lot of, in very significant ways. And you can kind of build a character based on just that. So that's kind of, and um, in that case, it was interesting because each of them is like a little bit of like a piece of the truth for what I felt um, when Divergent was at its peak. Because I was never like, I mean, but I don't know, like authors are not famous in the way that like actors get famous, right? Um, like no one ever recognized me in an airport or one time that happened, but, <laughs> but only once. Um, anyway, so it's, it's not the same, but, but there is like an emotional reality to it that I think is um, understandable, at least. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I'm not the most famous person in the world for saving it, but, you know, um, but I do understand that little piece of each character. Oh, that's cool. I and I was going to say, I think it depends on who you talk to, especially with like the way people communicate online and Twitter. I'm sure you get like so many messages and tweets say like expressing how much your characters and your storytelling is meant to people all over the world. Or angry. I get a lot or of angry. angry. Yeah. <laughs> or the anger. Because people feel so entitled to how the story well, should they be. Yeah, they also feel like so connected to it. So I guess it's like, I try and take it as a compliment, but they are mad. I mean, could you imagine back when you were, when you were that age, if you had access to be able to like write your authors immediately and let them know what you're thinking while you're reading? I would have been a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you talk about the process of you know being at the height of everything and um, everyone scrambling, not knowing what to do. And did you have a mentor or someone that you went to to help you go through that, you know, quick rise to fame and like help you through that process of it? Um, there are a couple of people. So, um, I talk a lot about my agent, Joe is her name. Um, and which she became successful really young also. So she's only a, few, a couple of years older than me. Um, and so we kind of went through it together, but she is such a level-headed person and was always so like fierce about protecting me, you know? Mm. And I think that helped a lot because she would kind of remind me like, it's okay to be upset about this or like, it's okay, you know, it's like, it's okay to ask for, for something else if you don't feel comfortable, that kind of thing. So she was really helpful um, and really got me through it. And then also like in a more mentory role, 
Um, I became friends with Margaret Stoll, who wrote um, the Beautiful Creatures books, which was also adapted into a movie a couple of years before, or maybe the year before Divergent. Um, and uh, she helped me, too, because she was like, when this movie comes out, get out of the country. And I was like, <laughs> like, whoa, why? And she was like, you're just going to want to remember that the world is very big. And I was like, okay, <laughs> Good advice. That's great advice. I mean, wow. That's such a specific piece of advice. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of alarmed. Like, why? (laughs) But she was right. Did you get out of the country? I did, yeah. Wow. I I went to France with my husband, and we were, like, out in the fields. And I was like, the world is bigger than this. (laughs) That's awesome. That is great advice. Um, So even though the world is bigger than this, it all feels really small right now, as we discussed before we got on mic, because we're all still in quarantine between LA and Chicago. Um, Kayla and I have talked a lot about feeling just not creative during this time. As a writer, how are you doing? How are you handling being home? Do you find that it's been like actually a really creative space for you? Are you writing a lot or writing short stories? I know you're, you write a lot of short stories in general or. Man, I wish I had been able to be creative during this time, (laughs) but I have played a lot of animal crossing and (laughs) I have been on Instagram and that's pretty much it. So I don't know why, because my life is the same. Like I work from home. Um, I work, with one window, which is behind me right now, um, one window between me and my husband, we both work from home. So for us, this is the same. I mean, except we can't go to the grocery store as easily, but, um, I think everyone feels this it's been, and I'm sure you you guys do too. It's just like, feels like there's something in the back of your mind, always taking, like sucking the energy out of you basically. And so it's hard to, I, man, anyone who's managed to make anything in this time, I'm like, more power to you. Like, I have no idea how you're doing that. It's like a superpower. <laughs> yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. There has been just, I mean, I had week one, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be free writing every day. I'm going to like meditate. I'm signing up for these classes. I'm going to preschool, homeschool my child. Like, you know, and then by week three, I was just like, here's, you know, an instructional video on YouTube and mommy's just going <laughs> to take a bath. So <laughs> my child will be a math wizard. Oh, it's, it's just a really bizarre time, but I, I had a really eerie moment reading chosen ones because you talk about that magical plague that kills people. And then it it's happening right now. And I'm wondering if I felt that, did you have a moment when all of this was first starting? Like, whoa, I just predicted the future. No, <laughs> um, no, because you kind of did. <laughs> I kind of feel like other people predicted the future in more profound ways. Like that movie Contagion oh. was doing really well on streaming the first week because everyone was like, I wonder if they'll tell us anything that we need to know. And it um, told us everything. It, it is yeah. so terrifying well, how accurate. Isn't Kate Winslet in Contagion? It's possible she is. Yeah. I think she is. Okay. She is. I haven't seen it because I do the opposite. I was like, I'm going to watch only sitcoms for the rest of this. I went right to Contagion. That was my first movie of quarantine. <laughs> and my husband had so, never seen it. And I was like, good, buckle up. You're going to, uh, this is going to scare the shit out of you. <laughs> so why? <laughs> why did you go straight for Contagion? Because I think I was just in denial. And so... I think seeing it on on, like in a movie, I was like, oh, see, it's not like that. Like that's an extreme version. And then as the weeks Mm. have gone on, I'm like, oh God, (laughs) like it's way too close. It's so terrifyingly close to our current reality. Um, But I think you're exactly right. I, I felt just like, you know, I cannot feel rested at all. I just cannot seem to feel rested by the end of the day because it's hard not to be sucked into wanting to know what's constantly going on in the world. And you also, I mean, have children, have a child, well, at least one, I don't know. And two teens. Children, yeah. You'd love the teen. Yeah. Oh we, my got, God. we got three girls in the house. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. So anyway, anyone who has kids in this time, I'm just like, as long as you're like keeping the lights on, I don't, like, I don't know. That's pretty commendable. 
So I have yeah. a dog only. So <laughs> it's still something to take care of. But yes, yeah, yes. I'm sure. definitely a first time mom. My daughter's nine months in quarantine and it is it's intense. <sighs> and we, I don't have to do schooling, which is, you know, I think p- parents that have to teach their children every day is, you know, that's difficult. But it's been a whole new experience for my husband and I, like just being first time parents in quarantine and going through it. We're, we're going yeah. through it. That's, that's pretty, sure. that's pretty lonely. That's a time when you want to share it with social everyone. connection and yeah. you can't. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's just been interesting, but. Well, I know you haven't been writing very much during this time, um, but have you been reading anything? Have you found comfort in reading anything or is there someone, I know a lot of people have been like reading, rereading books or rewatching their favorite movie or rewatching their favorite show. Um, man, I really wish that I had had more success with reading. I, I did a little bit. I, I, um, I read the next installments in this series of novellas. So I think shorter has been easier for me in this time, like short stories. And um, the novellas I was reading, they're called the murder bot diaries. So they're like pretty sci-fi, <laughs> um, but they're very funny. So I think uh, stuff that has humor in it, I've gravitated toward or, and like I said, I mean, so I had all these sitcoms that I had never watched the last season of, like Parks and Rec and Community and, and I don't know, I think New Girl. Like I, I just hadn't mm. ever finished them and I just like watched a series of like last seasons. Um, I think I'd never wanted to like say goodbye to those characters before. And yeah. this time I was like, all right, I'm going through it. I'm doing it. So that's what I've been doing mostly. I love Tying that. up loose ends. I love it. That's so great. Candice, you had said you were reading a book that you loved that you felt like really um, helped you through, not helped you through quarantine, but helped you escape a little bit. What was the name of it? I I have successfully read one book. Um, I went deep <laughs> into a hardcore psychology book. Um, there was a little much. So then I went to Where the Crawdads <laughs> yeah. Sing. And that was a lovely book because um, all the chapters are also three or four pages. So you feel very productive. Um, so I could, you know, I'd be like, oh yeah, I knocked out a chapter today. Ha <laughs> four-year-old, <laughs> you have it won. <laughs> for those looking for a really good escape, read Chosen Ones because I'm reading it right now and it is perfect for quarantine because there are a lot of parallels with what's going on right now. Um, and the characters are really interesting and fascinating, but it is another world. So you're able to feel like you can escape as well. Um, and I've just found it really wonderful for my quarantine pleasure. And I'm not just saying oh, that, Veronica, well, because you. you're because <laughs> you're on. I'm being honest. It's really been great. Well, I'm glad you think so. Will there be another? Is it this part of a trilogy? No, there will be a sequel and that will be it. Okay, great. I can't wait. (laughs) And finally, Veronica, as a sci-fi writer, I feel like we're living in a sci-fi book and movie right now. So (laughs) could you please rewrite some of this or rewrite the ending? Or can you (laughs) give us some guidance? Like what would happen in the sci-fi world right now? (laughs) The hope that we need. I feel like uh, in a in a book, this would descend into chaos uh, more than it has already. But um, the good thing about stories is most stories have some hope in them. Like even in Contagion, like they survive, right? Some of them. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So. Um, but like lucky for us, uh, real life is in books. So I just advise everyone to not panic <laughs> um, and trust that people are doing their best work yeah. in science and healthcare, all of those places. And the people who keep the internet running right now, I would like to extend a special shout out to because <laughs> mm-hmm. what would we do without them? I don't know. Not Go a lot. crazy. Yep. Not yeah. a lot. Well, thank you so much, oh. Veronica, for joining us today from Chicago. And we hope that you stay warm. Um, where can all of our listeners find you? Are you big on social media? Where can they look you up? Yeah, I'm active on Instagram. I'm at vrothbooks. And then that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, I guess I'm on Facebook also as Veronica Roth, but um, then my website is veronicarothbooks.com. So we've just enjoyed having you and we've been so excited to have you on and this conversation. Thank you for has having me. This Thanks. is great. Yay. <laughs> well, I'm grateful to know that she's been chilling on Animal Farm and Instagram too. <laughs> what is Animal Farm? I didn't know what that was when she referenced it. Is it a game? It's a game. And of course, I only know about it from BuzzFeed because, you know, I love BuzzFeed and check it every day, like five times a day and take all the quizzes. 
Um, but apparently <laughs> you sell things like turnips and it's, I don't know. I don't really know what Animal Farm is, but maybe that's, oh. maybe I could get into it. Maybe that's my new thing during this time. Maybe five minutes a day you start and do Animal Farm. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. I think someone that's had the amount of success that she's had for to just openly admit, hey, I'm just playing Animal Farm right now and that's okay. It's really nice to hear. Uh, there's just, you know, a lot of pressure we put on ourselves. I know I put pressure on myself every day to try and be productive. And I think during this time, you just can only do what you can do. And um, man, I'm, I was a big fan of hers before, but I'm like such a fangirl now. And she's just so cute. I mean, we zoom on this podcast and just to see how wonderful she is in person. I, um, I'm excited to continue reading her books and, um, I want that sequel to come out now. I know. <laughs> I loved hearing about how she read when she was younger. Like that was my, like looking back, I wish I had been that kid. I, and I like still, I hope that one day like Florence is just like the most insane reader who just like can't put a book down. Cause I like am so jealous. I've, we have a bunch of friends who are writers and that's how they were when they were younger. I, I think that's mm -hmm. a really interesting like common thread through a lot of writers who are doing well. I don't think that that's like the ticket, but I think it definitely helps. I think it's a cool thing to have in common, but I just didn't read as much when I was, I, it's nice that I'm finally trying to read more as an adult. I feel like I've read a lot more now. I was just obsessed with Beauty and the Beast and she always walked in red. So I remember <laughs> practicing and trying to read the book and walk at the same time. But I wasn't actually trying to read the book. I was just trying to be like Belle from yeah. Beauty and the Beast. So there's a difference. <laughs> I was just busy making out with my JTT posters on the wall. So, you know. You were far more advanced than yeah. I was. <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> Oh, well, we hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of Directionally Challenged and we just love you and really appreciate you listening. And we hope it brings you a little bit of sunshine in this kind of stormy time in the world. Um, and we will see you next week. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.